This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. Hello and welcome to the super awesomest, most best episode of the 17-team preview where we're going to look at the North Queensland Cowboys. I know you guys are all very excited to hear about our thoughts about the uh, most recent news from the West Tigers and Dragons, but we decided to leave you in suspense until this episode. So, uh, yeah, intern Rob actually, I've demoted him back to intern Rob. Uh, from his oh, bad bad performance <laughs> bad performance on the last podcast, um, he sent me a message and said, "You know what would be really funny if we just just jerk the listeners around and don't tell them anything about the West Tigers and the Dragons and just save it to the Cowboys episode." So that's what we've decided <laughs> to do. So, if you got any negative comments about how we omitted that from the uh, from the Titans episode, you can direct them straight to well, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So. Uh, Rob, may talk to me about the West Tigers. What have they done? Tigers. So there's a bit of mail going around in this, well, at the start of the off season that Bloor, uh, Sean Bloor and Justin Ollum would switch. Um, and that's going to happen now this year, which is exciting and fun for fantasy um, because there was a lot of talk that it was going to be for next year, um, which is less fun. It's like your classic NRL trading a uh, year in the future, you kind of forget about it. So, yeah, it's. I think Mark alluded to the fact that the Tigers pack is now a whole lot worse. Um, I feel like they've already got so many outside backs. Like, Olin will definitely slot in because they're all terrible, but it still, I don't think, moves the needle too much for the Tigers. For the Storm, um, I think Bloor is quite good. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, but I think he showed a bit of promise last year. Um, and playing under Belly uh, usually goes pretty well for these kind of rugged players like Eliasa Katoa and mm. all sorts of players. I don't know if Liero's that good, so I'd be probably moving him back into the middle. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, the storm, the mail coming out of the storm is that they wanted Bloor specifically so that they could mm. put him on the left edge and move uh, Lira back to the middle. So I I would suggest that that's a, a pretty strong chance, and I am so deep inside Sean Bloor this preseason. Yeah. It's not funny now. Um, I'm ready. I actually had him in my team when he was going to be playing for the Tigers. So he's, yeah, he's he's all all the way up there now. Ryan, what do what do you think about John Bloor, mate? Oh, mate, it's it's rough scenes for the uh, Jack Howard, Joe Chan truthers. Um, oh, <laughs> just a, but but no, he's on he's on a Chan He's got to start. He's got to start. But uh, Jack Howard as well. I mean, just another bloke in front of him in the uh, in the pecking order. Uh, this five hundred thousand oh, dollar uh, sunshine signing. Eliasa Katoa and Sean Bloor ahead of Jack Howard, <laughs> and then starting them both. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's just a storm just, you know, giving the NRL the middle finger and saying, look, we're just going to piss 5% of our salary cap up the wall on a guy that's never going to play NRL for us and there's nothing you can do about it and we're still going to be a top four team. Mm-hmm. It's a giggle. 
Um, so, yeah, so obviously uh, Justin Olam comes across. There's going to be some interest from him. We discussed him as being a subpar centre option on a previous podcast. I think it was a West Tigers one maybe because we thought this was going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's that. And then there's uh, the Dragons, Ryan, who have been taking mine and Rob's uh, advice around how to protect your ACL. What, what's this news? I feel like I've missed this news. Oh, this is Corey, oh, is Allen. Corey, oh, oh, Corey, Corey Allen. Allen. Corey uh, Allen, thought, ACL. You, you threw me off. You threw me a curveball there. I thought we were talking about uh, Ronald Volkman, but there's just too much happening yeah, well, at the Dragons. Well, that, well, that, well, that was well, like, you know, like on the on the Dolphins podcast where I uh, threw that question to Stu and he wasn't even listening to me. I just wanted to see if you were... <laughs> I just wanted to see if you were listening, and, and you were. See, that's the difference between being a quality podcast host and being, you know, just a, a steward. A Panthers fan, yeah. And a, and a Panthers fan, you know, between – I can't believe we've got, like, three different Panthers fans that come on this podcast now. It just it distresses I think we've me. reached our quota, definitely. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like a – it's one of those, like, make-a-wish things where you, um, you get your Panthers fans on so they can – you know, listen to somebody that's not just other Panthers fans circle jerking each other. But um, <laughs> don't Google that if you're uh, if you're wondering what that means. By the way, um, but <laughs> okay, guys, I'm ready. Uh, Ronald Volkman, his uh, his shoulder is held together by sticky tape, so he's he's no good. So he's his contract isn't going to be registered by the NRL, which means uh, it is. Ryan, uh, your man Kyle Flanagan as well is uh, is the man. Yeah, well, geez, they didn't have much depth to begin with, and it's getting thinner by the minute. Um, yeah, look, he is the man. I mean, we discussed him on the Dragons podcast. I'm still, I, I think our conclusion was there. He needs the goal kicking, but I think yeah, it just removes another uh, another candidate obstacle. from the room. Yeah, another obstacle yep. for him. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's already the coach's son, so I guess he was going to get the layup. Uh, and this just helps, I suppose. Do you yeah, think there's a possibility exactly. of Lomax playing six and Flano playing no. nine? No, definitely not. No? Okay. No. I feel like it's more likely Hunt ends up at nine at some point. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. I agree. Yeah. Rob, that's some, just some wacky Warriors shit. Oh, just it's just... Shuff- it, shuffling guys around in a random position. <laughs> looking at their team is just so such hard work. Yeah, and, uh, it's just like oh, it hurts you. Um, it hurts your brain. Cody Ramsey's... Cody Ramsey's out for the year as well. Well, he's not in the top 30 at least. So, yeah, um, that's a shame. Yep. Hopefully he's better at some point. Mm. He's a good player. Yeah, There's a rough no. go. He's been out a while yeah. with this now. He's definitely. Now, boys, there's a, a good reason why I actually waited to bring this conversation up until the Cowboys podcast, and it's because everything we talk about now is going to make the Cowboys seem way better compared to the Tigers and the Dragons. So That's by <laughs> uh, by juxtaposition, uh, Cowboys are going to look awesome compared to the Tigers and the Dragons. So the Cowboys team is almost going to be exactly the same as the team from last year, which is probably a bad thing, uh, but, you know, maybe it'll be good. Uh, Todd Payton is a coach in the NRL. He uh, is of the belief, if you listen to his press conferences, that Jake Granville and Jordan McLean are the two most influential critical players on the Cowboys, which is can only bode ominously for this year. But um, I, <laughs> I think if nothing else, the Cowboys certainly haven't been reading their own headlines and getting full of themselves this preseason, that's for sure. So um, 
guys, uh, starting at the top, Scotty G, Scotty D, Scotty Drinky. Uh, he Scotty is Scotty G, G Money. He is <laughs> G Water. ready to go. <laughs> He's ready to go as a uh, a top five wing fullback option probably this year. Uh, priced at 52, we can let him probably go through to the keeper early, but obviously as a draft selection, he's going to be a, a gun and, and you know, he'll be in and around the, the back end, middle of the season. Ryan, I know you're a, a drink water guy. Oh, big drink water guy. Yep. <laughs> big drink water guy. Um, your second favourite beverage? Oh, absolutely. Love it. Um, keeps me hydrated. Uh, yep. No. Um, oh, look, he's another guy that's also had his price played with a little bit by Fan Hub. Uh, average 50 last year, price at 52. Um, I mean, it's tough to know what drink water we're going to get. Like, he obviously had that big purple patch in the middle of the season where he went on a huge run, but then, like, the bookends, like, the either side of that, it, it's a little bit, uh, yeah, a little, little bit lighter reading. So, yeah, I just wonder which drink water we're going to get, which Cowboys are we going to get. Uh, I think they can be better this year, um, which would make drink water a little bit more enticing. Um, he did yeah. benefit from the goal kicking at the back end of the year as well. So uh, I think yeah. that's – yeah, I think with the plethora of very good cheapo options, um, I think he's one I'm happy to let through for round one anyway. Yeah, he's definitely a, uh, a draft gun selection that seems pretty – pretty safe for a 50-ish average. But, um, yeah, as you say, for classic, wait and see. Uh, this Cowboys seems pretty settled. Rob, one of the really – the only, I mean, we've got four guys. We've sort of been having a discussion about it earlier today. Four guys competing for two jobs. Uh, Viliami Vailea is going to come across from the Waz uh, and compete with Kyle Felt, Semi Valame, and um, – Zach Labart for two jerseys. Uh, I guess uh, we sort of that's you know the rest of the back line. We got uh, you know Valentine Holmes, who's a, a gun and one of those guys who we can sort of look towards the back end. Kyle Felt, who was just an absolute you know one of the a man of the people last year for fantasy. Uh, but uh, I mean the fantasy hopes for this year probably ride on uh, on Labart getting a, a job. No, he's 509k. No way. What are we doing here, guys? It's Vilea, I think, right? Like, if oh, we yeah. want a fantasy okay. option. But um, Bellamy was quite good last year, eh? But he's kind of priced mm. too high Too now. expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Cowboys. What are we doing here, guys? I think it is. I think it will be Val at some point. He'll be one of the gun centers, maybe top two or three. Mm. Oh, that goal kicking is always really helpful. And if the Cowboys, Cowboys go well. Yeah. 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 What yep, did he yep, do last yep. year? He got suspended, right? Oh. Yeah, for the last couple of games of the year. Yeah, he was suspended. I blocked it out. Yeah. 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 After the uh, – I, I like to think of Todd Payton as um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and, and sometimes – uh, Mr. Hyde takes over, and I just, uh, I just blank it out. Whatever happens with the Cowboys, so uh, yeah, the backline's pretty, pretty boring here. Uh, Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend probably going to be the halves. I guess the best hope for us here is maybe uh, like a, uh, not not a serious injury, but like a six to eight week injury where we get a cash cow. That might be yeah. the the best hope for James Maloney out of retirement. Oh, now you're talking. Oh, James Maloney <laughs> out of retirement. Imagine um, they're a, gonna... um, 
at Maloney Townsend duo. Oh, I'd love to see. Is that, is that James Maloney's music? And then, like, like the glass shatters. And, yeah, like. Couldn't help um, himself. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we've got – Cowboys got a lot of good young halves coming through. Tom Chester's going to come back from the ACL. Got, oh, yeah, Chester. Is he a half or a full bet? Uh, both. Oh, yeah, cool. um, But they've also got Tom Duffy and Zach Lamont there. So Tom Duffy's – and so Lamont was the under-21s Queensland halfback. Um, and then Duffy is allegedly ahead of him in the pecking order. But the Cowboys are getting jerked around a little bit with the uh, – the Blackhawks, which is the Townsville-based Q Cup team, they are now uh, the feeder club for the Rabbitohs, which is super annoying. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, eh? So all the Townsville-based non-Cowboys players have to play for either Cairns or Mackay, which is four hours away, which is... Because isn't North Sydney... Wasn't North Sydney the Rabbitohs feeder? Are they still... Yeah, but then they but then the Dolphins moved to them... So then oh, the Rabbitohs yeah. went and got one of the Cowboys teams. Get out of Make it. it make sense. Make it make sense. Yeah, so, so the team Yeah, so the Townsville team is not feeding the Townsville NRL team, but the Cairns, Mackay, and Rockhampton teams are feeding the Townsville NRL team now. Yeah. Get make that make sense. Good job, Ben Iken, you idiot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is why you this is why you don't let Substandard NRL players become uh, administrators. Anyway, moving along. If 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 Ben Eichens listen to this, I don't actually think you're substandard, mate. You're a Queensland State of Origin hero. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on to the forward pack, where we've actually got some interest. Um, the middle forwards are going to be former State of Origin. He wishes if they change the rules. Uh, gun? No, not really. Uh, Jason Tomalolo. Um, just quietly, while we're completely off track, do you guys get as annoyed as what I do about seeing those like things like, oh, you know, if we change the like state of origin eligibility, we could let like John Bateman be eligible for Queensland and Jason Tomalolo be eligible for New South Wales? Does that just give you the absolute shits or what? It's just so annoying. I think Ugh. they've clearly like drawn a line in the sand that New Zealand is a tier mm. one nation, right? So yeah, in England. So we just have to live with that. Mm. I think it's not. It wouldn't be fair to like Mulatalo and guys like that that wanted to play mm. for Queensland that couldn't yeah. because they were Kiwis. So yeah, I'm done with it. I, I like to keep. I like to make sure that the Queenslanders, uh, like Ridgie Ditch Queenslanders, like Reese Walsh, Caelan Ponger, and Greg Inglis. That's yeah. Where's he? Where's Where's GI from? <laughs> I was I was in Queensland. Somewhere. Queensland. I'm from Queensland. What do you? <laughs> It's just out of Sydney, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, everywhere that's not like within the immediate bounds of the Sydney city. Like, if you're in the like, if you're not in the postcode, like Sydney, two two thousand or whatever it is, it's uh, yeah, you're in Queensland. Yeah. But um, no, in all seriousness, Ruben Cotter is a player who is in a lot of teams, or he's been in and out of a lot of teams. He was obviously a, a fantasy weapon in 2022, Ryan, and then. Bit of a fall from grace last year, down to a 42 break-even, um, you know, really tempting price point uh, for output. But just the Seabold, you know, the Mr. Hyde to uh, to Todd Payton's Dr. Jekyll is, is, is a bit scary here. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it was mainly just his PPM was took a big hit uh, compared to 2022 and 2021. Um, I, I'm not too concerned about the minutes. Like, you look at the opening rounds until he got injured, he was still playing, like, decent minutes for the most part. Um, it, it wasn't really until Origin kicked off when it became a little bit more volatile and yeah, it became a little bit harder to predict what he was going to do. So, I mean, for, if you're going to... I mean, it's one of those guys where if we always talk about, like, you take the risk in round one um, when it's only cost you one trade to get him out. And, and, like, if there's a guy who you should be willing to take a punt on, it's the newly married Ruben Cotter, I think. Um, it's oh. if, he can, if he can get his PPM back up, uh, the, like, we've seen that he is capable of those 55 to 65-minute games. Um, there's mm. certainly some value there, and the upside is there. It's just, yeah, it's whether or not it's enough for you to... Uh, wanted to plug him in your team round one. Yeah, and I mean, I just want to know that he's um, mowing the lawn with his shirt on now, really. Being sun safe is, is, is a critical point. But uh, Now that he's a married man. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and <laughs> one of our interns isn't peering out the, uh, the side <laughs> window at him while he's mowing his lawn. Um, but, um, Rob, uh, Ruben Cotter, is he in your team? At the moment? He is not in my team. Uh, I don't think I ended up getting him last year because I was still burnt from having him the year before. But mm. the points you raise make sense. No, he was in my draft team last year. Um, and because I remember following his scores quite closely. Um, and it was, yeah, again, supremely disappointing. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't quite put my finger on what happened last year with him. Maybe it was just Origin. And like not yeah. too far after um, the, the, the big the, the big issue here is like I I sort of did a little bit of a look at him when I was doing the bios. Um, mm. So he was a full zero point one ppm lower than his career worst average, to, despite scoring his highest tries, which Ryan mentioned. Um, but he also played under forty five minutes on twenty percent of the games, which is just mm. not not you know like when you look at a guy like a. Cam Murray or a Payne Haas or these other, you know, Pat Carrigan, Isaiah Yo, these other elite middles, they don't play that minutes. They play 65, 60, 70 minutes a game, 80 minutes a game. Like, and, and like, he's never going to go back to that echelon. But the thing is, he's not priced there. He's priced at 500. That's right. I suppose he, so. he's competing with Tomalolo, obviously the ghost of Tomalolo now, but, mm. and Granville who like played so many minutes last year in the exact same position, basically. Yeah. Um, and they almost don't need him to play that many minutes. I think they should. Yeah. Cause I think, well, they, oh, well, they do because they came 12th, but, but that's the thing, right? Like persevering with the jokesters that we've named, yeah. like <clears throat> Granville, it's, it's not really going to win you anything. But yeah. Yeah. Is oh mate, but but Jake Granville right trains really trains really hard. That's his, yeah, mate. What, I, what I, dirt I, has he got on? Um, <laughs> on I can your tell you the mo- the most infuriating thing I've ever seen. I was watching an interview um, in the the wake of the season last year with Todd Payton, and they asked him like, who were the like key players from this year that performed really well? And he's like, oh, you know, Jake Granville. And uh, and Jordan McLean, they were probably our two best players this year. You know, like they just train really hard, and you know they're they're vital cogs of the team. I was like, I will just like accidentally put my shopping trolley into your car if I see it. 
surely it was like Valame drink water. Yeah, no. Nah. I just think sometimes coaches just don't actually watch the games. They, they just only like watch the training. Many, and um, just effective tackles they make. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> they just blank it out. Like they have like a um, dissociative state where they just don't actually watch the games, and then they get to the end and they're like, "Oh, Jordan McLean is a good bloke. Yeah, he might have run off the barbecue. He was our player of the match." It's like, come on, man. Anyway, I'm gonna stop complaining about Todd Payton, but I think it's a good. <laughs> It's a good option. Like, it, it, as you say, for Granville, staff and, Jordan McLean. Oh, God. Um, uh, Cotter. And I yeah. suppose we'll be coming to uh, your man, Reese Robson, next. Don't say, no, don't, don't spoil the, it. The more I look at Cotter, the more I like him, to be honest. Yeah, same, yeah. actually. I think you just get to look at his face a lot, which I'm a big <laughs> fan of. And yeah. you always want if someone in, that you, you like the look of in your fantasy team. Yeah, if in doubt, pick players that you like to watch. I mean, like, like other than the middle period when he was obviously being managed during Origin, he, he only had one game where he played under. Well, he had two games where he played under fifty-five minutes, and one of those was the flogging by the Sharks, where they got beat by forty. So I understand why he played limited minutes there. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, he had one forty-six-minute game. Everything else was fifty-five plus. Um, his errors were way up last year. His missed tackles were up, and his tackles were down. So. I think there is a case here that he, we could see uh, some positive regression for Ruben Cotter. And his offloads so what, were nowhere, eh? No offloads at all, what, really. Why did he miss week four and five? He, I think uh, he was uh, injured. He had like that MCL thing. Yeah. MCL thing. Well, that, that can't be good for performance and having an MCL thing. That's, you know, that's just my gut feel. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that right? Hang on. So I'm just doing some quick maths. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, so he averaged 52.5 before the origin period outside of that Sharks game where he played 35 minutes. So, and I mean, the Cowboys don't have any buys before origin one. So, I mean, you could definitely just grab Ruben Cotter, ride him all the way up to 700 K 720 K in the mids and then, and then trade him on potentially. Mm. Um, and I mean, he's like, yeah. Worst case, it's about a 50 average, right? Or like a 47, 48 kind of average, yeah. which I think is fine for that period. It's just, is it like, mm. what, what, what can you do better with that money? Perhaps. The only area of concern I have there is that was the same time that Helam Luki didn't play. Yeah. And they had some, like, spuds on the bench, and then Luki came in and just increased his minutes, and then Cotter just sort of didn't play that much. And I just wonder if it's that's that's the reason. But, I mean, you look at the back end, 51, 45, 57, 58, 57, 64, like, minutes-wise. Um, that's kind of fine, but... He did. He only scored over fifty one time in the past in the last six games, which is of a concern considering he played fifty seven yeah. or more. Just the PPM three, was just four times, four times through the floor. Yeah, concerning the attacking stats were way down yeah. uh, last year. Uh, but I mean, like we highlighted the problem with Cotter being his attacking stats uh, overall. Uh, if you look at his career to date, um, just looking at lock and front row. Yeah, he's he actually had the highest average attacking stats of his career last year. Uh, it was, yeah, it was the base. The base was down by eight points last year. So 
that's that's a concern is you know is this prescriptive of the 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 game plan which is to go to the sidelines and take apart the Chad Townsend led left edge instead of going through the middle mm. I don't know I think I'm pretty happy to let it go through at this stage, but I could be convinced closer to the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might just start with him and our next man who he spoke earlier about, which is Reese Robson. Yeah. Uh, break, even, break even of 48. Uh, he is a perennial mid-50s player um, that had a really struggling year last year. Well, three years prior to last year, averaged 25-plus percent try scoring rate. Uh, and then last year, 8.7%. He really struggled at the back end. Um, he had a you know a pretty strong start to the year. Uh, if we have a look at his um, his early games, he uh, you know he was really sort of pretty strong, and then just really fell off a cliff at the back end. So uh, Ryan Robson, he's uh, he, in my mind, he's a clear hooker choice for this year. Yeah, I guess similar to what we spoke about with Cotter as someone who's probably due some positive regression. It's it is Reese Robson. Um I think that injury he was carrying um at the back end of last year probably played a pretty big part in a lot of his uh, poor scoring. Um uh, I guess similar to Cotter that now though is that now that he's in the origin mix is he going to be in the side this year? Who knows which way match goes. Um I mean if not Got him all the way up until round 15 with no buys, which would be pretty handy. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, if we look at the uh, the opening to the season, Robson, although he was pretty up and down, he was a 53.8 average in the first 14 weeks of the year, which is, mm. you know, more than enough given he was at 48. He's at 48, price at 48. So, you know, you get a, you know, low to mid, closer to mid-50s hooker. Uh, in the 600s and, you know, 80 minutes a week. And then you offload him later. Um, you know, he's, he sort of seems pretty clear. And, um, I mean, as you, as you correctly point out, he, he played Origin last year, but uh, Rob, uh, obviously Fittler's gone, Madge is in, and, um, you know, the double hooker strat may or may not be his, his bag. Yeah, I tend to think that Epi is better than him anyway for origin um yeah but uh yeah so that would be great for fantasy um if he's mm. not selected altogether and it and i think you're right i think there'll be some changes with madge and uh robson did seem to be kind of part of the problem not that it's his it's his fault but one of the classic selection issues of freddie from last year oh no he's just uh like he's a bit like Vanilla ice cream, Reese Robson. Yeah, you know he, he does his job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You really want, you know, you know, not everybody is blessed to have state of origin heroes like Ben Hunt and Harry Grant and Cam Smith. Yeah, well, yeah. Who do we have before that? Surely it was somebody good. Ben do you remember when McCulloch, McCulloch had to play <laughs> that ben origin Lincoln. game? Ben <laughs> Andrew McCulloch. Oh yeah, he God. had to play that Origin game, and he was just dreadful. Oh my Poor God! Guy. Yeah, no. Imagine thinking that he was the answer to any. It's, it's you. You kind of need to do more than um, make fifty oh. tackles for forty-eight fantasy points in an Origin game. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's struggle street. All right, Robson, he's a go. Love him in your team. Do it right now. Just pause the podcast, go put him in your team, come back, listen to the rest. Have you got him as the number one uh, hooker to start the season with? Oh, for for starting the year, he's the option for sure. Nice. Because there's just too much um, uncertainty around the rest of the people around that price, isn't there? It's like, I guess it's like Marshall King or... um, Brayley or but you, you never know with like cross london people like that floating around yeah well the thing is every single player outside of robson has a question on minutes maybe. yes yeah robson we know is playing 80 it's just he was a bit of a spud mm. last year and surely so, surely he can't do that again yeah so i mean like so when i in my in the preseason so i go through and i like star all the players that i'm a remote chance of selecting in round one and um, I've got six hookers with stars on them, and almost all of them cause me stress. And Reese Robson's the only one, or he's the one that's causing me the least amount of stress, which is concerning. But also, that means I think they're just all bad, right? It's it just seems a yeah. bit like last year, like the hooker position took a mm. massive dive, and you pick someone that's going to play minutes. You don't want someone that might score more. Like might have a higher PPM, but their limits will be capped because it's just really stressful. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, Ryan, you remember we were both J- Jaden Braley OGs from way back, where he was oh, on that massive. attacking tear, at, attacking tear at the Knights, and then he fell off a cliff. Yeah, it was a tale of two seasons that twenty twenty one year for uh, for Jaden. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, now Robson's Robson's a really good one for me. I think Robson and. Robson and Marshall King or Robson and Smith might be the safest. Because even Smith is competing with like Connor Watson, isn't he? For yeah. Minutes. Yeah. He's just so much cheaper, 120K yeah. cheaper than Robson, you know. But, yeah, no, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting time for the hooker position in fantasy because it used to be such a, like, you know, uh, the biggest concern was trying to get someone to wait for 80 minutes who was going to be there just tackling their ass off. And now they're just, you know, we've got a bunch of 80-minute dudes, but the ball's, like, not staying in the middle of the field. It's gone out to the edge. So, well, uh, Is he even yeah. going to play 80 minutes this year? I, I don't feel that he will. Mm, I just feel like they're going to use Mamazoulis yeah. a bit more, eh? I think it's going to be Saliva. Yeah, or Saliva. But, Saliva does yeah. a good job. Six of one. Yep. Yeah, and then the edges, we've got Nanai. He was really good a couple of years ago as a cash cow. Um, he makes me upset now because uh, he's so bad defensively. Uh, and then Lukey, we got Luciano floating around. Griffin Neem's going to be on the bench, but, you know, all these bench players are very disinteresting. Ryan, it's it makes me upset that the uh, most interesting thing about the Cowboys for fantasy over the last couple of years has been Jake Granville making a bunch of money last year. <laughs> I tell you what, though, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't a fun watch. Jeez, he, he all he did was nah. tackle. I, I don't think I ever saw him take a hit up. Um, nah. I, I remember having bad, to yeah. yeah, I remember having to email the stats people just to get him an extra two points because I needed it last <laughs> year. <That's> how... <laughs> yeah, I, that was I was a beneficiary of that as well. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's it's rough going. The old TK, you got to send him a message. Get stats fixed. <laughs> Love it. All right, was I it, think I'll do like a penalty or something that was called on someone else. Yeah, it was. Oh, a, it was, it was like a holding down penalty that they gave to him and not <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter Hiku. 
So I got yeah, that fixed. Don't worry. Typical. Good, good man. Man of the people. Man of the people. <laughs> yeah. Jigs. All right. <laughs> I think I think that'll do. I, I think we've we've talked enough dribble for the for the night on this uh, particular podcast. Uh, considering how irrelevant it is, get Reese Robson, get uh, Ruben Cotter if your uh, testicles allow size. If they're large, you can jump on. If you don't have any, you can also jump in. It's up to you. And uh, and that's it. I think. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time where we're going to talk about another NRL team. Uh, it's a mystery which one we're going to talk about. It might be the Eels, but you'll have to tune in to find out. <laughs> Love you guys. This show was brought to you by our good friends at Picklebet. You can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.